Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 224 of the Life Made to Order podcast. The trickiest aspect of the spiritual journey. I don't know if it's actually the trickiest. Actually, in my experience, it's the trickiest. And I think a lot of other people will probably agree with this. Obviously, when we get on this journey of personal growth, spirituality, right? You start learning about all these different perspectives, these different views of the world, different views of yourself, who you are, what you're capable of, your place in this world, your quote unquote purpose. It's all drastically different than the beliefs we've been carrying around most of our lives. The spirit thought system, as I like to call it, is very different than the ego thought system. It operates in very fundamentally different ways that are basically polar opposites. There's not a lot of overlap in these ideas. And one of the trickiest aspects of really deeply internalizing spiritual teachings and really embracing them in a deeper way, in a way that we feel like will have a really significant impact on our life is spiritual teaching, applying it in an indiscriminate, non-compromising, or is it uncompromising? I'm not sure, way. Whichever one I end up using, if it's the wrong way, I apologize. There's no spiritual teaching. When it says something, it means it for everything. Ego thought system, that's hard for us because ego thought system and our view of things and how we evaluate things, we have all sorts of nuance, exceptions, caveats, gray areas. Spiritual teaching is not like that, right? It's teaching is absolute and that again, when it makes a declaration about something, when it speaks a truth, when it, it gives a, a view of what's happening in this world, it means it for everything. No exceptions, no caveats, no nuance, no gray areas. And that's very tricky for us because, again, how the ego mind works, we see things in a very different way. Because spiritual teaching, right, with this idea of this indiscriminate application of these ideas, there's no judgment there. There's no evaluation. Well, some things are worse than others, and this thing is bad, and this thing is not so bad, and that's really bad, and this is good, and these people are good, and these people are bad, and this is a good thing to do, and that, right? So again, there's this, there's these fundamental differences in these thought systems that are so diametrically opposed. When we start embracing this new way of thinking, there's going to be a lot of stumbling blocks with our old thought system, and to the old thought system the thought system that we've been conditioned with that makes a lot of sense to us in a lot of ways that we feel like the judgments are valid and justified. Again, this indiscriminate application of these ideas to everything that happens here, that's why they call it a journey, a process in that way, because most of us probably aren't going to embrace that on the deepest level right away. We might intellectually accept it rather early on because we kind of get what they're saying. It's like, yeah, I kind of understand what spirit is saying there. These spiritual teachings are telling me. But as far as like that deep internalization, that emotional understanding, actually applying those ideas, again, indiscriminately, that, that's a process. So, for example, when spirit says other people are not responsible for your feelings, that means it means everything, every situation, every person. Again, no caveat, no gray areas, no nuance, no exception. And ego, human us might be like, okay, I kind of get what you're saying. And I'll accept that idea for um, 
my mother criticizing my uh, clothing choices or my choice of boyfriends. I'll get that when I get mad about that. I'll concede maybe that's not about her. That's about me. Okay, cool. But then if we were to think of, again, ego mind system where there's caveat, nuance, exception, there's degrees and levels and differences. If someone were to do something that the ego mind would judge as like really bad, then that wouldn't apply. It'd be like, well, no, in this case, the other person is responsible for my feelings. My best friend and my husband had an affair behind my back and he left me for her. And they blindsided me. They did this hard, this is horrible betrayal. I feel awful. In that case, right? Again, ego mind, there's exceptions and nuance and gray areas and you know degrees and differences. They'd be like, in that situation, you're gonna tell me that my feelings are my own responsibility and they're not the cause of my feelings. Look at that terrible thing they did to me. Because again, the ego mind would see the criticism of your life choices, that's less severe than some sort of betrayal of you know romantic infidelity. But again, spirit, uncompromising, non-compromising, absolute, indiscriminate application, everything in this world is the same. Spirit would be like, no, I mean it for that too. When I say other people aren't responsible for your feelings, I mean it for everything, every person, every circumstance, no matter what they say or do, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. And again, that's what's challenging in this work because we might intellectually accept this idea, but actually applying it, that's where the journey comes in. That's where all of that, the, the quote unquote process comes in because we would think, no, 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 not in that case. Okay, for this, I'll, like, I'll concede that, but for that, no way. And another example, kind of, again, the idea of the external and the internal are not connected. Spirit would say, your circumstances are not responsible for your feelings. And again, there are some areas of life where we may concede that. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm upset right now. My mind is telling me it's because I don't have a boyfriend or it's because I don't have as much money as I'd like. Okay, yeah, I that might be true. I'm, I'm willing to play around with that idea a bit and see what's really upsetting me. But you're going to tell me that my feeling, my circumstances aren't responsible for my feelings when my spouse dies unexpectedly, my house burns down, I get diagnosed with terminal cancer. Again, because the mind would see degrees of bad things. Some things are worse than others. What are you kidding me? You're going to tell me that the doctor tells me I have six months to live and I'm terrified about that. And you're going to tell me that that's not why I'm upset. And again, spirit would be like, yeah, you heard what I said, right? Your circumstances aren't responsible for your feelings. Indiscriminate, non-compromising, no, no caveats, no gray areas, no exceptions, no nuance. When I say that, I mean that for everything here. And this is one of the big challenges of this work, right, is because spirit thought system, the spirit view of this world is very different than the ego human mind view of this world. The spirit sees everything that happens here in a very neutral way. That thought system is devoid of judgment. The ego thought system is nothing but judgment. So we see the challenge, again, this, this diametrically, fundamentally different ideas of the world and ourselves and how to look at things. And that indiscriminate application, that's really the key to making real progress in this sort of work, because we have to see it as it applies to everything. 
And that we don't get that right away. I mean, that's understandable. I mean, I'm at a point too. I have, I can't say I've embraced that totally. If certain things happen to me right now, I'd probably, a part of me would be like, yeah, that's why I'm upset. <laughs> and you're going to tell me no, like I would probably have that similar level of resistance. So I'm not uh, talking about this topic from a place of I've mastered this because I haven't, but I've done enough work where I have been able to apply it in situations where other people may have found it more challenging. I've, I'm deep enough in the process to know that is true. And I know that it's true enough and I'm committed enough to this work. I'm committed enough to my emotional healing and trying to exist in this world in a more peaceful way that I, I do my best to, to try and if I find myself in a situation where I'm not living that, I recognize it. I let myself have the moments, but that idea is always in my awareness now. It's not something that ever leaves my mind anymore. And I do, I am aware of that truth on a, a level where is it internalized 1000%? No, of course not. I'm not some enlightened being, but it's internalized deeply enough that Again, it, it, it's, it's, very, it's very embedded into my awareness now when everything that's happening in my personal life and things that I observe in the world that my ego mind is like wants to judge and that's bad and that needs to be fixed. And I'm like, no, the problem is within my own mind. The problem is always with my own mind, my own perception. So if we were to think about this journey, a big crux of it then as far as like I said, really advancing on it for lack of a better term, you know, of like moving really feel like we're making progress this is an idea we have to really be willing to to embrace this is something we have to keep in mind spiritual teaching is absolute in that sense when it says something when it says this is how it is it means it for everything here every experience here it applies there's no exception there's no asterisk at the bottom with your circumstances aren't responsible for your feelings except for A, B, C, D, and E. No asterisks, no exceptions, right? It's totally indiscriminate. It's absolute. And that's a big challenge for us because, again, the ego mind is a system built completely on judgment. So there's judgment about everything. There's good and bad, better, worse. Again, good people, bad people. This is... um kind of a bad thing. This is a very bad thing. This is a very, very bad thing. And that's a horrific thing. And as a fellow human, I get it because I'm a human. I have that mind. I have that same conditioning. I have that same unexplored, unresolved emotional shit, right? That I'm working on just like everybody else. But like I said before, I'm deep enough into the journey where that idea has, has gained some traction within my mind. It's not just something I intellectually accept anymore. It's something that I really know to be true. It's something that I know that my peace can only come with embracing an idea like that in a genuine way, not just intellectually accepting it, but making a real willingness to actually apply it in my life. And the trick with these ideas is because all the different teachings, there's a core idea there that our real problem is never outside of us. It's not other people. It's not what's happening to us. Our, our, our quote unquote problems are all within our mind. It's our perceptions. That's the only thing that's ever hurting us. 
So if that's the core, if that the core of all those teaching is kind of like that core idea of your problems are only inside your mind, the solutions are only within your mind, only you can decide what you're going to think and feel about everything. The outside has no bearing on what's happening inside of you. The outside truly has no bearing on your emotional state. Then one of the keys to really deeply internalizing this idea is then we have to be willing to look at what is actually bothering us then. If other people, for example, again, are not responsible for our feelings, if it's not what that person said or did to me, that's making me upset. If my circumstances are not responsible for my feeling, if it's not this thing that happened that's making me upset, then what is making me upset? Because it sounds obvious that that would be the second part of the, the second step is like, okay, first there's the acknowledgement. It's not the external then the second step would be, okay, then what is actually bothering me internally? That would seem, again, obvious that we would go within. But as a lot of you might have experienced on this journey, a lot of the things that would seem obvious for us to do, we actually don't do because of our conditioning, a high level of resistance. We're very used to doing all of our, you know, we're very used to living from the the mind, doing everything from the mind. So we just intellectually accept things and then think like, well, that's, I know that now. So that's not, a, must not be a problem for me anymore. And then we totally neglect the inside. So, so then that next step would be, okay, if I'm acknowledging that truth, that core truth behind all these teachings, which is essentially at the root, your outside world is not the problem. It's what's happening inside of you. Then what is going on inside of me? If it's not the medical diagnosis, if it's not my financial problem, if it's not my relationship, if it's not this thing or that thing, what is actually bothering me? What is actually disturbing my peace? If we're not willing to look at that, then we'll get stuck. We might have some level of relief if we're just like, okay, I understand it's not my circumstances. But then if we don't look at what's actually bothering us, it's hard to really, again, deep, more deeply internalize these ideas. Because if we don't look at what's happening inside, then we really won't fully see the truth of that, of those teachings. If we don't really see what's actually bothering us, it'll be harder to genuinely accept on an emotional level Oh yeah, what that spirit teaching is saying is true. It's not my circumstances. It's not that other person making me feel this way. It's not what I have or don't have in the external world. It's not my parents. It's not my spouse. It's not my kids. It's not the government. It's not Republicans. It's not Democrats. It's not this social issue. It's not this thing in the environment. It's not this law, whatever. Again, the mind is thinking that's where the peace is being disturbed. These people out outside of me doing and saying these things. If it's not that... If I don't look at what it actually is, then again, it'll be harder for me to really embrace that idea because I'm not going to see the truth of it if I don't actually look at what's bothering me. And this is uncomfortable because we don't want to look at what's happening inside. We don't want to look at those fears. We don't want to get in touch with that anger and that fear. A part of our ego mind, we want to hate. We want to judge. We don't want to let other people, what the mind would see is letting them off the hook. We want, to, we want to hate the politicians. We want to hate the government. We want to hate the people on the other side of us that have the different belief than us. We like the judgment. We like feeling right. We want to feel righteous. We want to feel right. We want to be the good guy. We like the idea. There's a part of us. We like this idea of good and bad, right and wrong. The heroes and the villains, the victims and the victimizers. A part of us finds it gratifying. We, we like it to be that way. The ego mind highly values being right. So it wants to be right about the wrongness of others and the badness of others or that the other people are at fault. That what you're right about is very painful. It doesn't care about that because it doesn't really care if you're happy or not. It just wants to be right. 
And the ego thought system is very negative. So the things it wants to be right about are very painful things. And it's like, we got to stop and think, do I want to be right about the stuff that my mind thinks it's right about? Do I want to hold on to these ideas? You know, that's, that's nothing more than a choice. So we have to be willing to look at, okay, if the outside world is not my problem, then what is my problem? If all these spiritual teachings are telling me with no exception, the outside world is not my problem, then, then what is happening inside of me? If my parents' illness isn't truly why I'm upset, what is upsetting me? If my illness isn't truly why I'm upset, what is upsetting me? What's the story I'm telling around these circumstances? What's being rustled up internally by these external circumstances that are happening that my mind is thinking is the cause? But again, spiritual teaching will tell me it's not the cause. And when my and so when spiritual teaching tells me my circumstances are not the cause of my feelings and it means it for everything, indiscriminate application of this idea, no caveat, no exception, no gray areas, no nuance. What's really happening? And like I always like to say with this sort of work is we ultimately we have a choice. You can choose to reject an idea like this and you can choose to remain in the ego thought system of judgment and degrees of severity and this is good, this is bad. That's okay. But judgment, any the more we lean into the judgment, the judgment thought system, the more peace will elude us because the mind will always that will never stop. So someone can decide, no, I am upset because of this thing that happened to me. This thing is terrible. Oh, how could I, of course I would be upset about this. How could you not be? And again, that's okay. You can stick to that idea and you can, you can decide, no, that's why I feel the way I feel. It's my circumstance. But every choice has emotional consequences. And when we choose in favor of that perspective, there's the emotional consequences are quite severe in that we will suffer greatly because not only will we not really look at the true cause of our suffering, which is internal, so we can't ever really resolve it. We'll feel even worse thinking the outside is the cause because we can't do much about the outside. We can't control other people. We can't control what's going to happen. There's a lot of things that are out of our individual control. And then if we think our emotional well-being rests on the, the external world and the happenings of the external world over which we have very little control in almost every case, that's a pretty bad feeling because we think, eh, I'm probably going to feel bad a lot of the time then, I guess, because... There's a lot about politics I can't control. There's a lot about social issues I personally cannot control. There's a lot about the environment and, and war and all these interpersonal, uh, global issues. Like I, me as one person, I can't really do much about any of that. And all that's really upsetting to me. And I can't do anything about it on top of it. I can't control any of that. And thinking that's, again, you we can make that choice. We can decide to keep embracing that thought system. But that thought system brings with it a lot of pain. So we have to accept that, okay, I get to be right or I get to maintain my thought system and I don't have to, I can absolve myself of doing any uncomfortable inner work or, or exploring my, my thoughts or exploring different ways of looking at the world. I can decide I'm not interested in any of that. But along with that choice, again, there's a lot of emotional consequences to that choice of there's going to be a lot of bad feelings there. So it's making peace with the idea of I get to be right. But I also, along with being right, I get to also be, I'll probably be pretty unhappy. But if you value being right, then you might be okay with that. And again, that's okay. At the end of the day, we all get to choose our belief system. No one's under any obligation to 
think a certain way or behave a certain way or see themselves or see the world in a certain way. You know, everyone gets to do what they want. And But I imagine most people listening to someone like myself or just if you're interested in personal growth in general, that's probably a part of you still might be in that way of like thinking you're right or maybe not fully buying in and that's fine, but you probably are at least somewhat open to these other ideas because you're realizing this other thought system, the, again, the emotional consequences of embracing that thought system are pretty heavy. Like there's a lot of bad feelings come with it. A lot of fear, anger, resentment, hatred, feeling victimized, feeling a lot of sense of injustice and a lot of anger and, you know, just emotional, just a general sense of being unsettled and worrying and fear about the future. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. So I kind of took this in a bit of a different direction, but it was kind of relevant in that the, the indiscriminate application of this really, again, uh, requires us to examine that inner work and really make us, you know, puts us in a position where we really have to make conscious choices about what we choose to believe, how we choose to think. But yeah, that's a big challenge of the spiritual journey is that indiscriminate application of these ideas. So think about like non-dual thought systems where there's like, again, there's no judgment. That would mean like, when spirit says that there is no such thing as good and bad, again, no caveats, no exceptions, no gray areas, no nuance. I keep saying it to like let it sink in because again, that's all the ego mind does is everything is gray areas and exception and nuance. And but what about this? And again, there's degrees and bad, all of that, right? It's, it's totally different thought system, totally different way it categorizes experiences. So think about again, the indiscriminate application of that. There's no such thing as good and bad. And then we think about all the things in this world and all the things people do that we think are really, really bad. Well, you're going to say there's no judgment about murdering people or molesting children or uh, stealing from people or war or um, bigotry of any kind and racism and all sexism and misogyny, all these things beating your spouse and you're like we'd be like you know most of us would be like yeah all those things are pretty bad but again spirit would be like yeah um when I say there's no such thing as good or bad again um I stick them by my story I mean everything here because a lot of spiritual teaching will tell you everything that happens here is kind of illusory and everything these our bodies these human bodies are doing to each other it's like a movie a game it's not real and if you were to think of like spirit would be like, when I tell you I see this world like a movie or like a work of fiction, just like if you were to, a human were to watch a movie, would you get truly upset about things happening in a fictional world of a movie? No, because you'd be like, it's not real. Spirit's like, yeah, that's kind of how I see your world. So like everything you're doing to each other, even the most like seemingly fucked up stuff and the most seemingly awful people, you're all just like characters in a movie. This is like a big movie with like, Lots of locations and characters and storylines, but it's all fake. Like, of course, in miracles, right? As teaching in particular would kind of tell you that. So again, so spirit telling you there's no such thing as good or bad. If its view of the world is that this world is illusory and it's nothing like it's like a movie and it's not real, then that would hold up because everything we're doing, none, none of it's real. We're a bunch of like puppets acting out some play. It's almost like the thing of the ego mind is like a child and we're just like dolls or action figures. And it's like making up all this shit as we go along. It's like, you're, you're a doctor and you're this and you're, and we're going to do this and I'm going to do this to you. And think about that. So again, if spirit, if there's a view, spiritual teachings that view the world in that way, this idea of there's no such thing as good or bad would hold water because it would say like, 
in a, in a, in unreality, if nothing's real, then you don't judge something that's not real. So everything that's happening here, no matter how horrible it seems to the human mind, spirit would be like, yeah, there's no such thing as good or bad because it's not really happening. Now I know the world, again, this is challenging. Like I was saying, it's challenging for us as one of the trickiest aspects of this work because to us, the world seems very real. Our bodies seem very real. The things happening in the world seem very real. The environment and the problems there seem very real. War seems very real. Politics seems very real. Illness seems very real. But spirit is like, yeah, no, like it's fine. There's no judgment. And another thing too, to think about this with the good and bad and wrong and victimizing and victimizers, if anyone's ever read a book like Radical Forgiveness, I can't remember the guy's name, Colin something, maybe it's a really good book. I didn't read the whole thing. I read part of it, but you know, the idea he's talking about radical forgiveness of this idea, like his idea, like, right, there's a spirit, some spiritual teachings will tell us that um, our souls are kind of like working together, like on a level, not on our human conscious mind. So everything that's happening to us, like we're all kind of planning it and we want it to happen. And the souls are kind of working together to teach lessons and help us advance in different ways. Whether or not you believe that, I don't know. This is just kind of one, I guess, quote unquote theory you could say. So in that sense, the book he was talking about, if that's true, this idea that there's no such thing as no one can truly do anything bad to you. No one can truly be a victim because on some level you want the experience to happen and it's supposed to benefit you in some way. And the human body, the other human bodies that are seemingly doing the bad things, their soul is doing those things to you because it's supposed to help you. So he's, so in the book he's talking about radical forgiveness is the idea of not traditional forgiveness of, well, this person was wrong or bad in some way, but I'm going to forgive their transgression because it's charitable. It's emotionally mature, maybe a bit of a superiority thing sometimes, right? Where we're like, oh, well, you know, I'll be the bigger person and they don't bless their heart. They don't know any better. I'll forgive them because they're ignorant or whatever. He's like, no, I'm not talking about that kind of forgiveness. I'm talking about radical forgiveness of forgiving the idea that anybody wronged you in any way, that you were victimized in any way, because on some level you wanted the experience and your souls are kind of coordinating these experiences and the human, the human you you guys are just acting out the plan. So, right. So in that perspective, then that also would kind of stick to this, this idea of like that indiscriminate of like, there's really no such thing as good or bad. There's really no such thing as victim and victimizers because on some level, some spiritual teachings would tell us on a soul level, you want to have those experiences and everyone that's in, in whatever experience you're meant to have, even the seemingly bad human people and what they're doing, they're actually part of the plan and they're there to help you and they're doing to you exactly what you kind of want them to do to you. Some people, this might seem a little radical. I don't know. To me, it's like, eh, it kind of makes sense. And then from A Course in Miracles perspective, right, A Course in Miracles would tell us that... Um, it wouldn't be so much the soul part of us choosing those experiences. It would be the ego mind part of us more so choosing those experiences. Um, but again, there's still the idea of there's a choice going on. Some part of us is, is making the choice. So again, whether you believe it's ego mind you choosing it or soul you choosing it, either way, there's this idea of I'm choosing this experience. So on some level, I feel like I want this to happen for whatever reason. And so whatever quote unquote bad thing the other person does to me, I'm actually choosing it for some reason. For some reason, I want this experience, whether it's something for your growth 
or you from punishment, whatever, again, whatever the, whatever part of you choosing it or for whatever reason, you know, that could be different perspective teachings might have different perspective on why it's actually happening but at the core there's this idea that we're actually choosing it so then it's like oh yeah then there could be no such thing as victims and victimizers because i if i'm choosing the experience no one's really victimizing me hmm that's interesting and again ego mind might accept that for your boyfriend cheating on you or getting fired from your job, but it might, might not apply that to being like, so you're telling me I wanted to be the victim of, of a violent crime that traumatized me or to get uh, some horrible disease. And again, spirit would be like, yeah, um, when I say that, like, when I say that, you know, we choose our, we all choose our reality every moment. We're choosing our experiences and even quantum physics, even spiritual teaching aside, like if anyone that's ever watched what the bleep do we know, you know, some of the scientists on there, I remember them kind of talking about this idea too, of like, if our world is nothing but consciousness, our mind holding this whole world together, that means we're choosing and creating everything that's happening at every moment. And he's like, yeah, that would mean like there's no such thing as victims because everything that's happening to any individual person, they're actually choosing it. So again, even if it's spiritual teaching, maybe a scientific view of that for some people might be more palatable. Uh, so I, I found that very interesting too, because a lot of quantum physics, it's science, you know, more people might find science more credible. A lot of them actually say a lot of the same things as spiritual teaching. There's a lot of overlap there. And again, for some people, we're very conditioned to think science and proof. Like, so for some people, again, they might find it more believable or palatable from a scientific perspective. So I just wanted to throw that out there too, for anyone that thinks, oh, well, spirit, these spiritual nonsense teachings is like actually certain types of science would tell you kind of a similar thing of we're actually all creating our reality at any moment. So nothing could happen to us if we weren't on some level choosing it. And that's empowering in a way, because let's say, again, if you chose a real an experience that the ego mind would view as horrible, but on some level you chose it because you thought it would help advance your growth in some way, then if there's a positive benefit to it, then it's, I mean, to me, it's much easier to deal with circumstances thinking like there's a rhyme and reason to what's happening and then that, that everything that happens is for some kind of reason of like I chose it for some reason it's like okay well if I chose it for some reason then there must be and it probably wasn't just to torture myself or make myself suffer then oh okay then like what can I then I can use this experience in a way that's going to help me I could see the experience in a different way so Again, this indiscriminate application of these ideas for the ego mind, it's extremely challenging and it's, it feels very hard. But if, but if we think about it, if we were to really look at the world in that way, with that kind of like that absolute application of these ideas, it actually makes the journey a lot simpler because we know that because the, the truth is that's very consistent and constant. That's when things are consistent and constant and always the same, that makes things easier. When, when ego mind, right, makes things harder when there's exceptions and, and exceptions and there's caveats and nuance and the, the gray areas of things. But when spiritual teaching, one of the great things about spiritual teaching is as hard as it might seem to apply from because of our ego conditioning, it actually is a great way to simplify our life. Because again, there's just like it says one thing. It's like, boom, this is what I'm saying. I mean it for everything. There's no like confusion about anything. It's like, oh, yeah, when it says that, it means that for everything. So no matter what happens to me, if spiritual teaching is telling me that my circumstances are not responsible for my feelings, and it means that for literally everything that happens to me, 
because again, remember there that part of that world is like this is just like a, some fake movie. Like you're just playing some role, right? Like none of nothing here really means anything. So you can't. So if we look at something as completely unreal and like totally like illusory, you can't judge illusion. There's no degrees of anything in illusion. So like let's say take illness for example. Like again, if, if there's this idea of it's illusory and our circumstances aren't responsible for our feelings and there's no such thing as degrees and severity of badness and this is really bad and you'd be really upset about the, like getting diagnosed with cancer in, in theory, purest application of this idea wouldn't be any more distressing to somebody than getting a paper cut from, from spirit perspective, right? Spirit thought system would be like, yeah, it's all, your body's not real and this is not real, like, you know, whatever. But again, ego mind would be like, would see a very big difference between a paper cut and uh, a cancer diagnosis. It would see a very big difference between your headaches being diagnosed as some sort of vitamin deficiency versus a brain tumor, right? It's again, because ego mind, there's degrees of severity, especially in illness, and some are more serious than others. But again, spiritual teaching would be like, yeah, it's all the same to me. Your body, what happens to your body, your mind will judge different things as more severe or less serious. And this is a disease that's really bad to have. And this one, but again, spirit would be like, yeah, no, I kind of see them all the same. Your circumstances aren't responsible for your feelings. So this idea of certain illnesses warranting a more emotional response or more emotional upset than another one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't agree with that assessment. So like I said, this is a, one of the trickiest aspects of applying spiritual teaching is this absolute indiscriminate nature. When it says something, it means it for everything here. There's no, in that world, there's no judgment of like good and bad, right and wrong, better, worse, good. Like there's none of that. It's all like, yeah, that's it. There's no such thing as good or bad. Will you mean that for murderers and child molesters and this people, people that raid people's pensions and leave them poor? And this, what about that? And spirit would be like, yeah, no, when I say that I don't believe in anything good or bad, like I mean it for everything. Again, there's no like, it's like you won't see it like asterisk next to spiritual asterisk or whatever next to spiritual teaching being like, like a footnote at the bottom being like, except for when A, B, and C, and D happens, it, spirit would be like, yeah, no, I, I mean it for everything. And again, hard pill for the ego mind to swallow, but think how liberating that is. When you think about these ideas, think about that truly, like if, like really picture, not just intellectually accept, like um, accepting these ideas and kind of knocking them around in your mind, but imagine truly embracing those ideas in that indiscriminate, absolute way that spirit would instruct us to. And I'm, I'm using the word spirit. You might use another word, you know, whatever floats your boat. That's just the word I'm using. Think about that. But like I said before, if the core of all these teachings boil down to kind of this one core idea of your perception is your only problem, your mind is your only problem, it's never what's happening in the outside, it's like, I have to be willing then to be looking at what's that. Um, if, for example, and also to like, let's say like the good and bad people, like the idea of like, there's no such thing as good and bad, it's like, Okay, if I'm judging somebody as bad, then like what? And again, no matter how much the ego mind, that, that judgment might seem warranted. Well, that person's a murderer. That's awful. That's terrible. And again, spirit would be like, yeah, there's no such thing as good or bad. I, I mean, I include murderers in that. I include Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump and all these people that people hate and think are so terrible. So yeah, I mean that. There's no bad people. There Again, there's no asterisk like, except for this person, this person, and this person. So then it's like looking at... If I'm looking at other people and what's, 
If I'm, if I'm judging other people, if I'm judging anything outside myself, what am I projecting? You know, these are very uncomfortable things to look at. I mean, that's why Donald Trump, from like a spiritual perspective, he was like spiritual people, like the angel, probably like, man, whoa, Bill, look at him, man. Oh, we do some good work with him, right? There's so many things about him that people hate that we see in ourselves. That's why people hate him so much. He displays openly so many character traits that a lot of us have, maybe not to the same degree or displayed in the same ways, perhaps, but anything we don't like in other people where that's another spiritual teaching too. like a spiritual teaching would tell us, right, that everything's projection, everything you don't like in other people you're seeing in yourself. And again, with the ego mind, with degrees and caveats and it might, it might be willing to accept that for more, less, you know, uh, seemingly more benign character flaws, right? It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, um, I'm, yeah, I get mad at my mom for being judgmental, but yeah, I can kind of see I'm a little bit judgmental too in, in a similar way. And we might be willing to concede that. But when you see things in people that you think are really, really ugly, like their hate, like, you know, really like racist people or really people that have like bigoted people towards certain groups of people and they, it seems so repugnant to you when you hate them, guess what? You are seeing something in them that you see in yourself. Again, is it the same degree or is it displayed in the same way? Perhaps not, but there's something you're seeing in yourself because if you didn't see it in your, because if everything's projection and everything is only in our own mind, in our own mental little world, nothing could bother us about other people unless on some level we saw it in ourselves. And this is one of the most freeing things if you think other people are one of the biggest issues you have in life is like disturbing your peace as other people, this is one of the fastest paths to getting more peace about that. Because until you're willing to see what you're seeing in yourself that you're projecting, you're disowning in yourself and projecting onto them, you will constantly have problems with other people in your life. And, and as you've seen, especially with maybe like politicians and world leaders and like kind of these bigger figures in the collective world, they can cause people a lot of anger and upset. And that will continue that. And it's, it can be very intense and it's, it's very painful. If you want to start cutting through that, this is some of the ugly kind of icky sticky work that the mind is like, I don't want to do that. Having to go within, what am I projecting? And if you want to be like, there's no way I'm like those people, they're repugnant. They're disgusting. They're awful. You're seeing something in them that you're seeing in yourself. And the more you hate them, the more you're seeing that, the more it's the bigger the thing it is that you're in yourself that you really don't want to look at because no one wants to see themselves in um, white nationalists or like really homophobic or transphobic or racist people or misogynists or people that we think are so hateful and disgusting. It's like, I can't, you're trying to tell, no, absolutely not. But guess what? The more shit you feel towards them, the more you see there's something within you that you're really, the more that you're really trying to disown and really project onto them. So that's another one too, right? This idea of spiritual teaching would tell us anything you don't like in other people, you're seeing it in yourselves. Again, there's no exception to that. There's no gray area. There's no caveat. Well, I'll see that for like, you know, stuff like stuff I might've picked up from my mom. Sure. But not these really hateful, disgusting, odious people that I think are so disgusting and awful and so blatantly hateful and whatever. No, I, that, it, but okay, it might be true for that with my mom, but it's not true for those people. No way. And again, spirit would be like, no, sorry. Like when I say that, I mean it for everything and everyone, something you don't like in other people, you're seeing it in yourself. Everything is projection. 
Everything that's all of our problems are within our own mind. Spirit is like, when I say your problems are within your mind, again, I mean it for everything. There's no exception. Well, everything's in your mind except for things that happen in politics or things that happen with this thing or that thing. But then that's, then that's, then, then the external is the problem. Those are some exceptions. Again, spirit will be like, no, everything, I see everything here equally. Everything's equal in its unreality. Everything is equal in the fact that it's not your actual problem. So like I said before, you know, these ideas to really embrace them on a deeper level, to really emotionally benefit from them. If we are, if we have to accept accepting these ideas, then means like I have to be willing to go within my mind and then see what I'm, see what's happening inside my own mind. If I'm, if spirit is telling me that I'm, what I don't like in others is something I don't like in myself, then what is it I see in myself that I'm disowning and projecting? If my circumstances are not responsible for my feelings and it's something happening inside of me, it's my perception of the circumstance. Some button is being pushed. Something is being rustled up by the circumstance. It's pressing on something already inside of me. What is that thing already inside of me? If this person's not responsible for my feelings and I'm not feeling this way because of what they said or did, it's my perception of what they said or did or what they said or did push some kind of button, rustled something up inside of me. What is that thing being rustled up? And again, like I said before, it would seem obvious that if it's not the external and it's then it must be the internal, well, then I have to look inside. A lot of you on this journey, you see, we're very good at sidestepping that part of the process. We like collecting the information. We'll intellectually accept things. We'll maybe make, we'll do a little surface investigation of the inside maybe, but we mainly, you know, but going really deep and stuff like we're like, that could take time. That could be a process. Like with my coaching, for example, my coaching, for example, is really geared towards people that really want to focus within. They can honestly say that their primary focus is internal. They might have their external concerns. We all do. I acknowledge that. That's fine. I don't care about that. We could talk about money and relationships, whatever. I'm happy to talk about it. But they can honestly say they've crossed that threshold where their inner work is no longer primarily in service of external change. Now, some people to say that they're genuinely there, a lot of people, they might not be there yet. And that's okay. That's not bad or wrong. So we, we recognize that, you know, we might not be ready for certain things. We might not do certain things right away. But so, for example, some people that find my work helpful, they might not be in a position where private coaching with me would be right for them at this time, right? I'm just giving this as an example, because even though they're on the journey, they still might not be able to say genuinely, yeah, I'm there. And it's not wrong or bad to not be there yet. We have to go through the external focus. We have to go through the pain and suffering of trying to control everything and change everything and go through the process of thinking if we change our outside, I'll be happier. And then at some point people realize, okay, yeah, that's not really working for me. I really do realize all I want is to be happy. And I can genuinely say that's my primary focus. So, you know, some of this stuff, it's more not advanced is not the word, but some people might not quite be there yet. And it's okay if you're not there, but at some point to really progress, these are the sorts of things you're going to want to start thinking of because what you're after is a greater sense of peace. You're after like emotional freedom. You don't want the world to be, you don't want your feelings to be so dependent on the world anymore. 
And the only, and once you get to that point to really start experiencing that reality as such, to really feel like you have that freedom, to really feel like the world is not your problem anymore, you have to be willing to look at what the quote unquote problem really is, which is inside your own head. You have to be willing to go more deeply inside your mind. And like I said before, some people might not be at certain points yet where they're quite ready to do that, but these are ideas to keep in mind if you don't think you're quite there yet. And for some of you that intuitively, you know, you've kind of reached that point where like you're kind of feeling stuck. This is probably one of the things you need to do. You need to go deeper inside. You might intellectually, you might have intellectually accepted and understood things like the idea of like your inside is where you really want to focus. But like you, if you're honest, you might be like, yeah, that's not really what I've been doing. Um, but I'm at a point where I actually really do want to do that. So yeah, this idea, it's one of the most, it's one of the trickiest things is like this indiscriminate, absolute application of these ideas, spiritual teaching. It's absolute in that sense. It's like when I make a statement like this, I mean it for everything here. I mean it for every circumstance, every relationship, everything that happens to you. Again, tough pill for the ego mind to swallow, but it's very liberating because it's like, it's easier. It's easier because there's a consistency to that of like, yeah, when I mean it, I mean this for everything. Ego mind with all its exceptions and gray area and the degrees of it's, it creates a lot of confusion. It keeps us stuck in a lot. It's like, yeah, that whole world is just a bunch of chaos, but that world it's, there's just simplicity to that. It's like, okay, I'm saying this thing. I mean that for everything here. Um, there's no confusion. There's no lack of clarity here. I'm being very clear when I say this. When I say this thing about this, I mean it for everything that happens here. It's like, oh yeah, that's pretty easy actually, because I just means that this one idea applies for everything. If, but again, right, we have to be willing to accept the idea in the first place, and that again, that could be quote of a quote unquote process because we have a lot of conditioning that says otherwise. But if we're willing to really embrace those ideas seriously, like that indiscriminate application, like think of things in your life right now where like you might be thinking, yeah, I'm actually doing what the evil mind is doing. I'm making exceptions. I'm willing to accept these ideas for some things, but not for others. Now, obviously part of this process too, of course, what I always talk about is the feeling of the feelings. Like if you experience something very traumatic, you probably can't just right away embrace this idea of, well, it's not my circumstances making me upset. I mean, technically, if you feel like you could, then you could. No need to slow down. You don't need, no need to slow it down, the, the transition. But for a lot of us, part of that is we need to make a space for these ideas. And part of making that space is we have to feel the feelings of like, if we feel like we're dealing with something really hard and really upsetting and we really feel like, oh my God, this is real. Then you have to let yourself feel those feelings. You don't want to just shut that all down. It's like... um like talking about politically correct, being like spiritually or metaphysically correct with like, well, this is how I'm supposed to feel. So I'm just going to say this and then like shut down all my feelings. Cause there's a part of you that initially for certain things that happen, that's probably not how you're going to feel right away. Like if I experienced certain things in my life right now, I'd probably be extremely upset. This idea would be in my mind, but I'd probably have to feel some feelings first to really start playing around with it on a deeper level in a more meaningful way. So, you know, I just want to stress that too for people is um, in, in saying this, I'm not saying like, well, just, you know, right away, just tell yourself that's it and then shut it all down and then try to just be that way and think of it that way. 
For most of us, you're going to have some pretty strong feelings about certain things that are happening right now. You have very deep conditioning that's that's triggering a lot of different feelings and you're, you're, you're entertaining perceptions on the situation that are probably very upsetting for you in the moment. So you need to let yourself feel that because again, you have to make some space for these ideas. You have to be in a bit of a calmer, more neutral space emotionally to really contemplate them on a deeper level. And that usually can only come, what usually precedes that, of course, is the feeling of the feelings, the grieving, the emotional expression of the anger, like letting yourself be with all of that, admitting that that's where you are in the moment, because it's not wrong or bad. But knowing that there's this other perspective available to you, even if initially it's just somewhere kind of in the back of your mind, you're not quite embracing it yet. It's definitely not your predominant way of looking at the situation yet. That's okay. But it's it's floating around in there somewhere waiting to kind of come more into the foreground as you make room for it, as you're more willing to kind of let it be more dominant in your thought system. So yeah, I just wanted to stress that too. Whatever your initial reaction to something is, you need to let yourself have that because you need to get the feelings out. Because again, if you're not some enlightened being, then a lot of these, you know, this ego mind has this hierarchy of, of experiences where some are going to be really bad. If you're an average person, when you experience that thing, you're probably going to be very upset. So it's like, you have to, of course, let yourself feel all of that To That's all part of, of this, you know, making this transition. So yeah, that's it guys. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, for more content products and information about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Bye-bye.